Hey, welcome to More Within Velocity. Today we have a unique one. Today we have Tyler Tortora on, who's they started out in baseball, but they've kind of branched into getting a lot more softball clients. And I think it's going to be pretty interesting to answer a lot of those questions that people have been emailing, calling, writing in, texting us what they have about the applications of softball. And they're seeing some really cool results. I know, Tyler, you're going to go over a couple of things. I'm not going to hog all the time, but if you don't mind, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. All right, so um, we are located in Trumbull, Connecticut. Uh, my father has been running the business forever, and now I'm starting to take over a lot of the responsibility, including our arm care program, which has just been absolutely amazing for our athletes. Um, past couple years, we've been using it. A lot of baseball players seen progress, and those were the first ones that really got to it. Now our softball clients have been really getting into it, and our, our younger, like, uh early high school and middle school age girls are really showing a lot of benefits from this program. Yeah. And that's great. And obviously we don't need to spend too much time on the baseball aspect. There's, there's been a lot of success stories out of there. Um, but what are some of the kind of common threads? How do these softball players start asking about arm care? What are some of those common questions they start doing? So basically what we, we started doing is we had, um, few high school pitchers uh, that started doing it and then they started seeing really good results going like all state things like that getting um, accolades around that so then we started trying it out with some younger girls going into high school early high school and seeing their scores and then seeing how their velocities would increase over the course of time it just they have improved so much and and now it's like we have so many girls on it it's like they're just blowing away the boys because they're just having such great results. Um, it's like, you can't even compare. So like today I'll be talking about, I'll have one report specifically, this girl, she increased from 50 to 55 miles per hour. She's 13, not even in high school yet. And that was in less than a month or just about a month time frame. So predominantly all, all strength-based changes on that. Yeah. So strength-based, we don't, haven't really had any injuries. Um, you know, the throwing mechanics are a lot different with softball obviously so like the injury thing is not really a problem we have a lot more with the baseball where we prevent a lot of injuries we get our guys arms feeling a lot better but with the softball side it's just that velocity has just been going up like ridiculous and obviously you see that strength number showing that as well so you see the velocity and you're like all right that's the on the field stuff but then the in the facility stuff the this side of it we see okay they improved this much of their body weight percentage, you know, during these tests. Got it. So Ryan, do you have any questions or do we want him just to jump I, right into it? I wanted to know a little bit about the differences in the metrics between the baseball players and the softball players. Like, do you see different muscular imbalances? Do you see, you know, similar weaknesses? You know, this is such a new territory for us that I'd like to see, you know, what kind of data you're seeing from, you know, these athletes? Well, we're, what I'm seeing a lot of is that the girls have really, really crazy range of motion. Um, so their range of motions are off the charts and it's like, whoa, like that's a lot of ER or flexion or whatever. And like the guys sometimes will have good, sometimes it's like nothing almost. They can barely move. So the girls range of motions are way higher, but their strength, I would say just about every imbalance I've seen was external rotators were weak compared to internal. Mm -hmm. I've almost never seen an internal rotator weak compared to the external. Um, that's the only imbalance side I would see. Really with this, I would like to say that 
all those girls that are in that we've had girls like as young as 10 years old on this now from nice. 10 to 13 range they're all once they get to balanced their charts shoot up like you look at their chart and you're like wow once we balance them out and they start doing much better we see the parents and the coaches all the time in the facility and they're like wow you could see them you know on the field we have catchers doing it infielders doing it they're like you know when they throw the ball down to second base it's way way faster or we have a pitcher and a catcher combination it's like these two girls are like 12 years old and they're with the training and the arm care stuff that they do. They're going to be phenomenal athletes by the time they're in high school. Here's a quick question I have, and you may cover this in, in the examples you have on the visuals. So if I am, we'll just jump into those, but I obviously, as Ryan knows, I got into coaching at a high school um, and I'm new to working with hitters and all these other things. And the one thing I've seen is as we're increasing that strength, uh, and the range of motion and external rotation and that total strength and the hitting, I've seen exit velo shoot up. So I took some information from one of the one of the groups we partnered with Top Velocity on their exit velocities, and I seen that my freshmen are now hitting exit velos off the tees of what juniors are doing. So have you seen that they're starting to hit the ball harder? There's more doubles involved in softball, or have you not have you not looked into that at this point? We haven't specifically looked for a correlation between the two because it's it's hard to tell as well because obviously we're, we're not just training them with arm care. We're training them as performance coaches and then using this as an additional tool. So we've kind of just like, all right, well, with the arm care results, let's look at how you're throwing, you know, your arm fields mm -hmm. and all that. Um, but I'm sure that, I mean, these girls are hitting way better. I, I would assume if I were to talk to how their their parents and coaches, how their hitting has been, they would say that besides the fact that they're overall way stronger and then we built them up in those different planes that they're also faster. So they're getting more, you know, doubles or triples. Mm -hmm. Well, from something that shouldn't have been that, but I could probably look into that more and see like, okay, how is this now more, like you said, the, the strength stronger in the ER, how is that correlating to hitting, not just throwing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be something cool. Um, so I got I got screen share on. If you want to go ahead and uh, pull yep. that stuff up, let's dive into the data because I think that's what everybody's going to be listening for, anyways. There we go. We got it. Got it here. All right. So this is the example I'll be using. So this girl, like I said, she's thirteen. She went from fifty to fifty-five in around a month time frame. Um, so look at her total strength. I mean, eighty. You know, the, the goal of there and then the current. You could see all these numbers here. Um, one thing we'll get to towards the end is her, um, she had an imbalance and her first test that was obviously corrected over the course of some time. And that's a big feature that I like to look for is um, the first step in doing a program like this is we got to make sure it's safe for you to go out and perform at your best, but then also increase what your best level is. So we want to make sure you can always perform at your best and be there consistently without problem. So we look at her strength velocity ratio. Um, 1.6 is the what we're looking for. So she's 1.63. That's good. We like to see that. Um, her miles per hour, she had updated that when she did that test. Um, her total strength will go down to here. So it's nice. I like this, the benchmark part, because then it kind of tells parents and coaches okay well what do these numbers actually mean um and you get to see all right well if this is where she ranks amongst these three levels over the course of time seeing that number go up more and more 
will then be able to see how she's projected to have a future career in this. Mm -hmm. So it gives us a better understanding as coaches, as well as parents and uh, uh, performance coaches, but then parents and softball coaches to understand, okay, where do they rank amongst other players? It's not just how do they perform? Um, you can see our chart here. So she was normal for everything in this, for these tests that we did. Um, we'll move on to the internal rotation strength. Same thing. You could see her benchmarks, her testing, you know, her most recent test, she was slightly down. I like to tell the parents and coaches, don't worry about when you have a test that goes slightly down. You want to look at the big picture over the course of time mm -hmm. that that chart continues to progress upwards and that we're keeping her, um, keeping the athletes uh, well rested, well recovered, but then also performing at a high level when it comes time to do that. Same thing, external rotation strength. Also, I'll point out, if you see here, the 24.3 on the external and the 24.5 on the internal, that's probably the closest I've seen someone have it um, for softball girls at this mm -hmm. age. That's pretty good balance. Um, yeah, that is very, very close. Um, same thing, the trend is all normal. Shoulder balance, exactly what I was just mentioning. You're going to see here, now she's kind of off the chart, literally, because she's basically the exact same, well, 0.2 pounds off for the two two directions. Mm -hmm. um, so and this is what I was talking about earlier. So she was in the warning when we first did that, that test. So when I explained that to the parents, I'm like, all right, so look, they're not at the phase yet to where we're going to progress. We want to progress them to you know, push them with hard workload. We want to correct that imbalance that they have before we do anything. Because if you have any imbalances in any type of movement with any type of training, you're just risking um, anything bad happening. You're not, you don't want to um, move on until you address any problems in someone's um, movement skills. Scaption strength, same thing here. I love the benchmarks. I'm I'm really big into um, data. So whenever we have any like training, so not just the arm care, but when we do our sprints, when we do our shuttle runs or strength tests, depending on the sport and the athlete, I like to compare them to everyone. So we have our in-facility leaderboards, but then we also have our data reports. So I can take a high school baseball player and I can compare them to an MOB player for certain metrics that we use. And we use a bunch of different technologies in our facility. But then also it like we like to create competition by having um, having those in facility uh, leaderboards because then you see you know you see your friends come in and you're like wow he's just a little bit faster than me at, at this you know with this weight on the bar speed and it's like okay well now we force those guys to move better. Another thing I'll say is with the with this program I believe it was last year maybe two years ago now we had a minor league player who over the course of his summer training with us, um, he increased 10 miles per hour on his throwing. So he was, he was training very consistently and he was really, really involved in his arm character. He's a pitcher. He learned from being in the minor leagues, like how important that stuff was. And did you say 10 up, miles an hour? Yeah. 10 miles an hour. Yeah. Dang. So <laughs> he, he really did good. Um, you know, he, he was kind of out of shape when he came back to us and, um, wasn't really doing good with his diet or anything, but he knew a lot of this stuff. He just wasn't like held accountable. So once he came back and it's like, all right, we got you on the arm care. We got you on our training program. Let's work on cleaning up your diet a little bit. 
and it's like you see his body transform you see him in there he's throwing all the time and just 10 miles per hour you're like wow you go from i believe it was 84 to 94 um and you're like that's that's some good progress mm -hmm. um i think that's it for this uh the this data here that I'll be looking at for this athlete's profile. But um, this is just one of the girls that I was going to show for today. But we have, like I said, a number of girls that um, that do this program. And this one I just selected because she's in there a lot. And her, her father's one of the, her, yeah, her father's in there and communicates with me a lot about her progress. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure to touch on that. Um, yeah, so I think one of the cool things that you're pointing out is you guys are building the the base so you can build on top of that. So the way I always like to say it is you can stack blocks on top of each other and you can build high, but it's not going to be very stable. But if you build that pyramid or that, that foundation out wide and say you build, you know, a mile wide, you can build a mile up. But if you mm -hmm. build, you know, two feet wide, you can probably build about two feet up before you start running out of stability there. So what you're seeing, obviously, and you bring up that minor league who gained 10 miles an hour, and you're bringing up this uh, softball athlete who in a 30-day window gained five miles an hour. It's because you're setting that foundation. Like you said, you're doing more than just arm care, which is good. Like, we are not a standalone system by any stretch. You can run it on your own if you if you don't have anything. But if you get access to a good coach who uses the system, you're only going to benefit more. And that's where you're building that out. Then you're getting into the sprint speed. You're getting into the into the nutrition but none of that stuff matters unless you have the base set. Um, Ryan, do you have any questions on that? No, I I like the uh, the data presentation because you know it's kind of a first window into seeing for me um, what a strength profile looks like. You know, for for softball, um, the the interesting thing. Uh, one of the questions I had for you is that did you try testing or using the strength tester in a softball pitching specific um position yeah, or did you like because were your pitchers at least were they doing overhead are you talking uh, if they're primers? using the arm primer now yeah the primer okay. yeah because it looks so, like looks like the other tests you know it, it's interesting because all of these overhand strength qualities you're mentioning are adding to velo you know mm -hmm. noticing that the girl is actually a one point over 1.6 which is pretty good mm -hmm. to see too, because it's consistent with the baseball level of, of our metrics. Yeah. So like we haven't changed like literally anything, right. They've just been doing exactly what like a baseball player would do. So that when they're doing that arm primer, they're doing it that way. You know, they excel and decel. Um, they're not changing it up. Maybe I think it would be actually a good idea to kind of build into a feature you know that low level um that lower level xl and b cell arm primer type thing um from doing that because seeing the data then from going forward and backwards from that low position kind of where their release point would be um that might be actually very beneficial to see the the, the, the feedback from that um versus the up here because they're obviously if they're a pitcher they're not thrown from up here if they're in the field they will be but to see that that release point for the pitchers that, that I think that would be very nice to see. There are some things, you know, that I've been seeing in softball pitching, like watching the delivery in slow motion, it kind of looks gross in, in the sense that like mm -hmm. a land with a blocked hip. Um, like when, when you have a baseball pitcher, when they're throwing the hips 
are generally directed right at home plate. You know, mm -hmm. these, these girls have a closed pelvis to the, to the sense of like, they're slamming everything into their lead side and the ball it's, it's, it's interesting because when they go through the turn and they throw, you know, the ball seems that sometimes it's released behind, behind the hip a little bit, or like, not, not like, you know, obviously they're not doing like a, uh, a bowling action, but mm -hmm. um, it, it was amazing to see what, what happens in terms of stride foot contact. And they're, it's like basically going with their shoulder into a wall. And yeah. it's, it's like, I, I can't believe that this sport has one, no pitch counts. And like two, like there's no day's rest. Like you could pitch a girl the entire weekend, you know, which is like, it's insane. Like I would imagine the things that the pitchers must experience because they're going in a windmill action. I would think that there's some bicep tendon, like in mm -hmm. anterior shoulder problems, issues. And then that, that lead hip, I would assume that they have something going on there. That's got to get just so jammed up if they're not strong. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, you know, especially like you said, with the because they're doing that windmill action, um, that there's probably a lot of stress built up in here. Um, and then that that front hip, yeah, when you're kind of jamming your hip into that position, uh, or when you jam anything into a position like that, it just you know it could cause the joint to kind of wear on itself. Um, I haven't heard anything from that from, you know, feedback like on that uh, side from our pitchers at all. So I can maybe start asking those questions mm -hmm. to see like if there is anything because they may feel it, but they don't know exactly what it is. One thing I did want to say, like you said, the pitch counts when I'm communicating with these players about, you know, like when we should do tests or when they should be doing their training, it's like, all right, well, I'm throwing Saturday and then I got a game Sunday and then I'm going to a camp Monday and then I'm doing this it's like how much are you going to throw? It's, it's like, Oh, I have to also throw five days a week on top of that. I'm like, geez, I don't, I don't know if I want to stress your arm anymore when you're throwing, you know, 200, 200 pitches a week like that um, over the course of just a few days. It's like, I can't believe it either. It's like, how much throwing do these, do these girls actually do? And it's, so I, I'm like, let's try to plan this out. I've been trying to gauge like on my own, that that work capacity of how much they're throwing versus how much that they're doing any of the training when it comes to the arm care stuff as well as the testing um because yeah. i'm trying to yeah. find you that have balance to monitor that and everyone just assumes in softball there's no stress but we've no, had a couple stress. softball players on the podcast before and they're like yeah they say it doesn't mess you up they're like my arm freaking kills me <laughs> you know mm -hmm. so there's you got to take care of it sorry to interrupt oh yeah no it's it's for sure now baseball players Obviously, it's like, you know, in our facility, we're like, yeah, pitchers are treated obviously way differently than any other athlete because we train all athletes. Um, but with baseball players, you know, you see a lot of the times I'd like to say um, these kids, they throw around like a weighted ball or a plyo ball. And it's like they're always just throwing that. And it's like, all right, cool. You're just stressing your arm out a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more. And then you get an arm injury and you're like, well, why did I get injured? I did all the uh, plyo ball stuff. Well, it's because you didn't actually strengthen mm -hmm. your body to handle that workload. So if you're just constantly pounding your body with a workload your body can't handle, over the course of time, you're going to get an injury. But if you prepare yourself for that workload and then you go and do it, then there's nothing wrong with it. So I always tell people, think of it as just two steps. Preparation or step one, get your arms you know, tested, see your imbalances, see your weaknesses, see what you need to work on, correct that build upon that 
And then if you want to go into a weighted ball or plyometric program, then you can do that. But I would suggest doing this first simply because you don't really know what you're doing. I said, I could point you in the direction of some good research. I have mixed opinions on it as well. I'm not going to tell someone not to do something or to do something because that's not even that's not even so much my part of this. But I would say, like, look, there's research out there. You can look at some of it. It's good. It's bad. Whatever. I'll let you draw your own conclusions. But I would say, first things first, develop your body through these motions and then go out and do something like that. So I know we're running a little low on time. And one of my big observations is, number one, you said something that to me sets your group apart was you need to ensure it's safe for them to compete. And then you can build on top of that. And that's delaying gratification. And from a baseball mm -hmm. lens, there's so much of it. And I deal with the youth athlete a lot more than I used to now. And Ryan, so do you. I mean, we used to just not, we just didn't, we didn't have that lens until recently. And there's so many parents that I talked to. I meet with a parent tomorrow morning, actually going to coffee that her son plays roughly 115 travel games a year. And they're like, I'm in pain. I don't know. It's like, well, it's because you're 13 and you play 115 mm -hmm. games a year. You need to set the foundation and let's cut back on that. Let's let's build the body. Let's build that base so we can build on top of that base and actually make a good structural foundation. We're going to delay gratification, which your guys' group does. You're delaying gratification so that way you can not have to worry about it later. And then number two, the big thing I got, I got on my third finger here, number two observation is – in this conversation is you guys use a lot of tech, you use a lot of data, you use a lot of information. Ryan and I do that as well. We use a lot of tech, a lot of data. I'm a pitching guy. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tyler. You have a football background. Um, yeah, I'm a football player. Which is going to lead me yep. into my follow-up too, which I'm going to put you on the spot. And you're, you don't realize this, but I'm going to force you guys into something. And then Ryan, obviously, you have a huge tech background with it as well. Strength is the gateway drug to development. And what I mean by that is you're not going to be committed to nutrition unless you're committed to strength. You're not going to be committed to patterning or movement profiles unless you're committed to strength. You're not going to be committed to sleeping right unless you're committed to strength. You're not going to be committed to showing up to a game unless you're committed to strength. It's a gateway drug to actually being better. So while it is, to me, it's the foundation and it's not the be all end all, but it is to me the biggest piece of the puzzle that allows you to actually be committed and do those things. You're not going to be committed to, you know, carrying a dynamometer around with you unless you're committed to strength. So do you guys have any quick feedback on that? I know we're running out of time. And then I'm going to put Tyler on the spot before we jump off here in regards to football. But you have anything to fill in on that, uh, Ryan or Tyler? I got nothing. Yeah. I agree with you totally. No, yeah. I agree. And I'll, I'll kind of just expand upon it. So like, one thing, like uh, my father has always taught us and our staff and everyone that we train, it's best when we get the athletes at the youth level. So like, you know, sometimes we've had five-year-olds that come in and it's like they're well-behaved, but they could do it. But we like to get them when they're younger because we like to teach them how to move their body. So I use myself as an example because I know myself the best. When I was six, that's as far back as I remember, we would go around to all the baseball facilities and I would do the warm-ups with them. So I would do that all the time. So almost every day of the week, I'm with my father, we're doing the warmups. So I became very good at movement patterns. I started lifting at about 13 years old and my strength numbers skyrocketed because I had more control over my body. My brother started lifting when he was a little bit later, 15 years old, but his numbers skyrocketed because he had more control over his body. So we like to teach the movement when they're young. If they know how to control the body, 
and that mind muscle connection, you know, building those neural pathways, you know, you teach them like little lifting things, obviously, but nothing crazy. They know how to control the body. They could do anything. They could play any sport as long as, you know, they have the skill for it and they can build that strength because, all right, you show someone how to do a front squat. They're like, all right, well, I've done this type of motion before. I may not have done this specific exercise, but I've done a squat type motion before mm -hmm. during my training. So you can build upon strength very easily when you have a, an athlete that's well in touch with their body. And that's the big thing too, is that that activation, that warm up needs to be athletic based. So, you know, moving, squatting, lunging, rotating, all these different things that are building strength in a plane of movement. And that's mm -hmm. where that strength is that foundation. And now I'm going to put you on the spot because I know we're out of time. So you're going to have to start running this with your quarterbacks and you're going to have to get pre-throw velos and post-throw velos. And you're going to be the guy who's, who's, who's spearheading <laughs> this for us. Cause I know you have a lot of quarterbacks. I know your background isn't football and I see you getting nervous in your chair right now, which is good. You're going to be our pilot <laughs> I just thought we got so much work for me. You're going to yeah. be our pilot group for quarterbacks. And we're going to go that. We're going to have a follow-up meeting with it. We're going to have a 10-week post. This is the time to get your quarterbacks going too right now. It's it's late January when we're filming. This isn't going to come out until probably like, you know, February, March, somewhere in there because we have a whole bunch of them in the hopper. So make mm -hmm. sure people keep listening to those. But you're going to be our quarterback guy. I'm going to end the end the recording here so that way you can't say no and everybody knows it's coming out. But thanks you for listening it. to More Than Velocity. We had Tyler Tortora. We'll put the link in there on how you guys find their uh, information and make sure you guys can connect with them. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thank you.